The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from St. Luke. It is Luke 19, verses 28 through 40, and can be found on page 1631 of your Pew Bible. Luke records, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went, and they found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, opportunities calling. This, uh, this is the first Sunday in Advent, and it is a real change of pace. With only a few exceptions, you'll notice that the, uh, during the year, the, the, everything's been green, right? And now, uh, well, at least since Trinity Sunday, it's been green. Now, today, they're blue. And the color change tells us that we are entering a, a different season of the church year. In fact, today, this very day, we are starting a whole new church year. The church year has three major parts. The time of Christmas, the time of Easter, 
and the time of the church. The time of Christmas has three seasons. The time of preparation called Advent. Then there's Christmas itself when we celebrate the Son of God becoming human. And then the third part of the season is the Epiphany, and that's when we celebrate the revelation of the God-man Christ, Jesus, to the world. And the gospel for today, for this first Sunday in Advent, is the account of Jesus as he enters Jerusalem riding on a donkey or a colt, depending on which Bible version you're reading, and he's receiving praise from his disciples and many of the Passover pilgrims who had gathered in Jerusalem. Okay, so the question is that many of you may have right now is why has the church assigned this reading for today. You know, this, this account is an event that happened just one week before Easter. You might even further say, shouldn't we be reading about this event during the time of Easter and, and not during the time of Christmas? I mean, what's going on? Well, actually, the account of Jesus' triumphal, triumphant entry into Jerusalem has much to teach us here, here at the beginning of Advent. Now, the difficulty is that our culture pushes us into Christmas much too soon. We don't really prepare for Christmas as much as we celebrate Christmas before it actually gets here. We live in a culture that anticipates Christmas so much that Christmas is almost worn out before it gets here. Our culture does that with most holidays and important dates. We celebrate almost everything before it actually happens. This is especially true of Christmas. You notice, I notice, that advertising starts to work its way into our lives shortly after Halloween. It begins to ramp up to its maximum just in time to create all kinds of insanity the day after Thanksgiving. And it proceeds along at a fevered pitch until Christmas Day. And then, on December 26th, my neighborhood, you're going to find some trees out on the curb. Our culture rolls quickly on 
through New Year's Day. New Year's Day, and then we've got Valentine candy comes, and then we got all that stuff on our shelves. We've become a nation of anticipators that is almost already quite bored with a holiday before it ever gets here. The idea of preparing for a holiday is not really part of our culture. And the commercial world doesn't help at all here. And that's because the commercial world is really celebrating their own form of Christmas. Christmas is about sales on the day after Thanksgiving. This Christmas is about toys for good little boys and good little girls and toys that cost money, toys that bring a profit. They are Christmas specials that we've all seen on TV that tell us the message of Christmas is a child's inalienable right to get toys and lots of them. And there are the big toys for the big boys. You've heard the word or the phrase, he who dies with the most toys. Yeah, but he still dies. In the commercial world, all is glitz and lights and the opportunity to stay in business for another year. While the commercial world strives to make a profit on almost any holiday, Christmas, that's the big one. That's the big hit. The traditions of the church, well, they come from an older time. They come from a time when holidays were savored, a time when holidays had more meaning than just a time to get together and party. I didn't need to say it that way, but it's true. And although we are in the time of Christmas, we are in the season of Advent which is the season of preparation. And in church tradition, the Christmas season actually starts on Christmas Day. And it continues until Epiphany. And the church savors Christmas for 12 whole days. For the church, preparing for Christmas and celebrating Christmas are two different things. For the church, Advent thinks back to the Old Testament, the time before our Savior was born. It is a time of deep yearning. You see, the slavery of sin oppresses God's people. And God's people know that spiritual darkness and the shadows of death, what they are, they, they wait for the Messiah, the Savior. They wait for God's champion to arrive and roll back the despair of sin. And we join those Old Testament saints as we try to imagine how desperately they looked forward to the Savior who was to come. And we sing with them, O come, O come, 
Emmanuel. And ransom, captive Israel. Advent is the spark of hope in the darkness of sin. It is the anticipation of rescue from the pit of despair. It is generation after generation of sacrifices that remind us of our sin and also point us forward to the Savior who rescues us from that sin. It is an emptiness that is waiting to be filled. The traditional Advent is a time of repentance that prepares us. It prepares us for Christmas in much the same way that Lent prepares us for Easter. It is a time for examining oneself and finding that sin. It is a time to contemplate the idea that we so desperately need God to come into the world and rescue us. Advent prepares us for Christmas by telling us why, why the Son of God needed to take on humanity as a single cell in the womb of the Virgin Mary and why he had to experience the pain of childbirth. Why, for crying out loud, did he choose to be born into poverty? It explains that to us. The Son of God had to become the Son of Man in order to save us from our sin. It is our sin that placed Jesus in the manger just as much as it was our sin that nailed Jesus to the cross. You ever thought of it that way? Our sin put Jesus in that stable, in that manger, just as much as our sin pinned him to that cross. And Mary's miracle pregnancy and Christ's birth were but the beginning steps on the road to that cross. Today's gospel happens to be at the other end of that road. From manger to just a week before being on that cross. This scene of Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey to the praise of the crowds combines the elements of Advent. How? Well, we see the Advent theme of coming as Jesus comes to Jerusalem. We see the fulfillment of the Advent hope, that theme of hope and rescue as God's sacrificial lamb enters the holy city and begins the process of offering himself up as a sacrifice for our sin, my sin, your sin. And Jesus knows full well that he is coming to Jerusalem to keep his appointment 
with the cross. All of the Old Testament history points forward to the events that begin as Jesus comes to his holy temple in this holy city. Now the crowds, they praise Jesus with the words, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And although these words of praise are absolutely true, it is very likely, very likely, that the crowds had no idea why these words were true. They had no idea what Jesus was about to do that would make these words come true. The idea that this man's death would bring life to all people was not even a thought that entered their minds. Jesus was coming into their lives and they didn't know why. Jesus still comes to us. He comes when we hear the word. He comes as those who are baptized confess their sins and receive the very forgiveness that Jesus earned for us with his death on the cross. He comes to us at the altar when we eat his body and drink his blood for the forgiveness of sin. And as Jesus comes to us, he brings heaven with him. For where Jesus is, there is heaven. And one week after Jesus entered Jerusalem, he rose from the dead. This event is the central event of the time of Easter. It is also an event that reminds us of the way that Jesus will come again. With his resurrection, Jesus opened up the way to eternal life. This is a promise, and this promise of eternal life leads us to his future coming, his coming in the clouds with glory. When he comes, he will gather together all of those who believe in him, and he will take them to live with him forever. That is the promise that he gave us. Advent is a time of preparation. It is preparation for the coming of the King of Kings. We prepare for three comings. The first preparation helps us remember what Jesus did for us in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And the second helps us prepare for the way he comes to us now in the means of grace. And the third prepares us for the time that he takes us home to be with him forever. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit prepares us for all three comings by creating and sustaining faith in us. And by that faith, 
We believe in the one who gave himself for us on the cross. By that faith, we receive the benefits of his coming to us now in his word. And by that faith, we look forward to the day when we shall see Jesus face to face in heaven. Our Redeemer comes. He came. And he is coming again. And he sends the Holy Spirit to prepare us for his coming. He says in Revelation 22, verse 20, he says this, Surely I am coming soon. And God's people reply, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen.